You are now listening to the Minority Trailblazer Podcast. Let the story begin. One time for the lovers, two times for the ladies, three times for the brothers, four times for the babies. Do you love her? 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 One time for the lovers, two times for the ladies, three times for the brothers, four times for the babies. Do you love her? 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 Brown skin, love a brown skin, love a brown. Brown skin, love a brown skin, love a brown. She my brown skin, love a brown skin, love a brown. She my brown skin, love a brown skin. Hold me down. Welcome to the My Nobody Troubles Podcast, and I'm your host, Greg EOV. Culture change agent. You already know on this show we interview young, successful minorities in a variety of fields to educate, empower, and inspire our current and future generation of leaders. You already know I got a show for you today. Yo, I'm pumped up. I'm excited, and I know it's Friday. Y'all looking at me crazy right now. Y'all like, yo, gee, why didn't you drop the podcast on Thursday? I was slipping. I was slipping. But you know what I was doing? I was working on my new chair I got at Goodwill. It's actually a used chair. And I was building my website. So GregEho.com will be updated in a new in next week. In next week. That's crazy. Next week it will be brand spanking new. And you will see all we have to offer, all we have in store. I'm excited about it. It's well overdue. It's been five years. Five years in the game with the same website, same template, same background, and we got this thing on a whole different level. So y'all get excited right here. Y'all get excited because the speaking schedule opening up in 2019. We hitting it hard. And corporate, we coming. Corporate, we are coming. I I'm still gonna be heavy in the middle school, high school, college rank, but I'm I'm going for corporate. I'm going for corporate out here. So I'm excited to be there. Uh, before I jump in, I got one housekeeping thing, and then we're gonna jump right into this show. Two housekeeping things, rather. One if you haven't already, go to trailblazersuniversity.com. Go to trailblazersuniversity.com. Sign up to get more content that is going to be dropping within the next couple months. I'm launching Trailblazers University. It's going to be a website or a platform where every week we're dropping brand new content, some video, some audio, some virtual to help you take your business and your life to the next level. I'm going behind the scenes with some of the leading change agents in the United States of America, some are in finance, some are in real estate, some are in business, some are in entrepreneurship, some are in corporate America, and we really are breaking it down what it truly takes to succeed in their specific class um, craft, and we jumping all into the nitty-gritty and details, man. So I'm excited, excited to get that thing popping. So if you want more information and you want to be on the list, make sure you go to trailblazersuniversity.com and sign up to be the first to know when it drops. Because I'm telling you, you need to get on this train right now. I've been telling everybody the last couple years, like things are, I, I feel the energy in the air. Things are taking off. If y'all, if y'all can know the conversations and the calls I'm getting right now and the conversations we're having, things are taking off. And I want you, y'all been holding me down for like 96 episodes. Y'all need to be on the ground floor for this thing. So make sure you go to trailblazeruniversity.com and sign up. Also, I want to give a shout out to everybody that's joined me on my 30-day challenge. Like, it's been 
transformational for some. For some, it's been pretty good. And for some, it's been average. But for majority, it's been transformational, man. So I just want to shout out to everybody that's joined the 30 Challenge. Taryn Miller, the Amber White, Kara Suggs, Dr. Sanders, Mike Farrell, my boy Pete Dutton, Mia Donovan, Kazim, Taylor Tucker, Comfort, Indiana, Cerise, Justin, Afy. Yo, I already know Renee. My boy D, Monica, uh, Nate. Oh, yeah, new, new. Joshua, Sam, Milan, Jada, and Brian, man. Yo, it really means a lot. Like, seriously, I just put it on the podcast. I didn't even promote it like that. And y'all been rocking with me for freaking 24, 25 days now straight. Getting all my emails, all these videos at 7 a.m., 7.30. And it's been a, a crazy experience. And with that being said, I wanted, I, one thing I have noticed, though, is that for some, for those that was average experience, is because we didn't have that constant communication and check-ins every single week intentionally like we talked and i checked in but we didn't as a group i mean people were on different time streams and it was a lot going on so i said november what i wanted to do was i wanted to open a smaller group where every single week everybody jumped on a call talked about what was going wrong what's going right what's going wrong and it was only for people that's all in and committed all in and committed on their goals to move forward. And I was going to lead this thing. No no, no Facebook community group. The 30 Challenge, but that's, that's what we on. We on Facebook community. We texting. We doing all that stuff. We're going to keep that same energy. Well, this mastermind group is going to be on a whole. It's going to be on a different level. I am starting probably November 1st a mastermind group. Every week we meeting and we talking about our goals. We're talking about the status we're making. We got people in the hot seat. I got certain topics we talk, we're going down. And it's only for serious people. It's going to be an investment that needs to be made. And it's going to be an only for people that's really trying to spark growth. 10 slots available. I'm not even making, like, I'm probably not even going to make a webpage for it, to be honest. You got to email me at greg at gregehill.com if you're really serious about it. We're going to have weekly calls pushing each other and everything else. You can't get kicked out of the group. Like, I'm not on that. I'm not wasting my time with anybody that's just it's half in and half out. We got two more, month, two more months left in this year. That's it. And we're building right now. We got so much stuff in the pipeline. So if you want an opportunity to build with me environment that you have no outside noise, that we are working every single week, holding each other accountable, chatting on what's working and what's not working in a small modified group, Email me at greg at greggyhill.com. I'll let you know what it takes. I'll let I'll give you all the information and we're gonna make it, we're gonna make it do what it do. All right. So that's all I got. Today's episode is special. My brother, Zav, man, he is doing his thing. Doing his thing in the in the plant-based diet space, in the educational consulting space. And this episode is for everybody, but specifically for those people that graduated with no job after college or interested in getting into educational consulting. Or been denied in grad school. Or thinking about a plant-based or alternative diet. Like, this is the show for you. And for those of you that you don't fit any of those categories, I'm telling you. I, I'm, I go off on this show a couple times. So you need to stand in and, and you're going to enjoy it too, man. That's all I got. So as we transition this episode, I want you to attack Friday. Attack this weekend. Attack life like it's your last. And of course, make sure you enjoy the show. 
And as always, this is season five. It's crazy, season five. And I got a show for you today. I'm excited because I get to bring on one of my brothers that I've had the opportunity to meet personally. He showed up and showed out at the Houston portion of my Minority Trailblazer podcast tour in 2017. We connected, we continued the relationship, man. And I'm excited to bring him finally on the show to share about what he's doing, what he's been up to, and also this new initiative that's taking, honestly, the world by storm and ain't taking me by storm yet because I'm still Mr. Chicken. Mr. Chicken, Mr. Meat, Mr. Beef, Mr. Pork, I'm all that. I'm on it all. I'm on everything, as E.T. would say. But uh, I'm going to read a snippet of his bio and we're going to jump right into it. He is a nationally recognized speaker, personal development coach, entrepreneur, and soon-to-be author. His mission is to use his gifts and his voice to inspire and evoke a change in this world. He is a native of Miami, Florida and has been in Houston since September 2012. In 2014, he merged three passions of motivation, etiquette, and faith to create his own company and be the change that he wanted to see. So now he's the CEO of the Hanfield Group LLC, which is a parent company of his two businesses, Call Me Zave and Plant Based Brother. He earned a Bachelor's of Arts degree in Mass Communications with a concentration in Public Relations and Advertising from the great Bethune-Cookman University in Daytona Beach, Florida. I'm not laughing at Bethune, but I did never seen the great <laughs> before <laughs> Bethune-Cookman, but I'm going to let it slide right now. <laughs> no disrespect to the Bethune-Cookman, it, it, it got me off guard a little bit. In Daytona Beach, Florida, and a Master's of Business with a concentration in Entertainment from Full Sail University in Orlando, Florida. From his former educational background combined with a strong family and community influence and seeing a need and wanting to meet that need his first job was teaching the inner city youth of miami florida in 2015 he started speaking across the country for corporate clients churches community organizations and to develop youth and young adults through personal development and helping them identify their purpose through enrichment training and motivation and in 2017 he created a plant-based brother that helps people transition to a plant-based lifestyle. He is excited about life and is a living testament about our gifts making room for us and truly operating in purpose. And is on his downtime, he enjoys traveling, doing community service, mentoring, spending time with friends and family, finding cool vegan restaurants, and attending shows and concerts. I know that was a mouthful, but I, I, I gotta, t- I gotta pat myself on the back. I said that thing's smooth, and he is, he aspires to inspire before he expires. And I'm glad to have him on the podcast, this show. So with, without further ado, I'm gonna say his full name on this thing. I would like to introduce Xavier Hanfield to the Minority Trailblazer podcast, man. Welcome to the show. Man, appreciate it. So excited to be on your show, man. Hey, man, I'm excited to have you, dog. And I, you put me through the ringer with this, uh, with the bio, but we're here now. We appreciate it. Oh, man. So I'm excited to have you on the show finally, man. So before we even jump into everything and kick things off, as you know, because you're a loyal listener to this show, I always started off with a quote, man. So Zav, man. Share with us a quote that you stand by and give us a story about you apply that quote to your everyday life. Yeah, for sure, man. So one of my favorite quotes, especially in this season right now, um, I definitely say this would be a transitional season for me, which is everything that I'm doing. Um, A quote that I read pretty much every day is don't shine so that others can see you shine so that through you, others can see him. And that's a quote by C.S. Lewis. And um, with speaking, with plant-based brother, I'm literally just trying to be a light in this dark world and trying to be a vessel. And I apply that by treating people with love and respect and advocating for individuals um, who wouldn't necessarily have someone to advocate for them. I'm talking about youth of color, especially young black boys. I'm talking about individuals that have no idea 
about plant-based living and about their purpose. So that's how I implement it every single day. Got you, man. And I want to take us down a rat hole, uh, not a rat hole, a rabbit hole, rather, uh, real, real quick, because I, I don't, I don't know if people are familiar, but C.S. Lewis is, he's the, uh, is he the founder of like the Chronicles of Narnia, right? Man, C.S. Lewis is, uh, man, he's just, <laughs> I mean, I, cause I remember growing up, I love all the Narnia books, The Line in the Wardrobe, The Witch in the War. I mean, uh, I, I've, I've read all of them or watched all the movies. I read all like eight, nine books and I didn't realize that dude was so deep. Like he was deep in the word. Like he had, uh, religious books. He had books about right, God. Right. Like he's a deep brother. Right. Right. Yeah, man. He was a, a lot of people, um, know him to be a the- theologian, um, mm. just in, in London and the United Kingdom, but, yeah, man, he he was killing it with the Narnia movies and whatnot. Yeah, it's crazy growing up, like seeing, I was so hooked on that. But as I got older, I kept seeing all these quotes. I was like, this can't be the same guy from The Lion, Witch, and the Wardrobe. Same guy. <laughs> it just can't be. I mean, yep. creating a whole world. And then you get to realize, if you really dig inside the lines between what it, what that really represented, you were like, oh, mm-hmm. I get it. So crazy, man. I know. So for my people that, that read children's books out there, um, shout out to you. Shout out to people that read like the, the Black Horse series or um what's the, what's my favorite? The Red Wall series about the mice, the badgers, etc. Y- y'all don't know about it, man. But if somebody I don't connect, even know about it. <laughs> yeah, for those of people that's really down, it's trill with it as far as with the uh the children's books. The Red Wall series, it was like 20 books about, uh, about rats and, and badgers and stuff like that. And they were warriors. The, 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 the legendary Martin. I'm going to get lost. And y'all like, okay, hold, hold on, hold on. This is a podcast. We got the plant-based brother online. You wasted time right now, <laughs> but I'm just walking down memory lane, man. So as we warm up this podcast, I want to let the audience know we're going to go through this thing in three points, three points. First point. First section of the show, I mean, three sections, rather. The first section of the show, we're just going to talk about his past and and really show who he is before getting into the plant-based brother, before starting his own group and working with companies in order to educate on a higher level our brown and black boys and as well as others, too. But before we get into there, man, let's break the show off with our first first section, man. Tell our audience, man, a little bit about who you really are and where you're from. Man, for sure. So, yeah, man, I'm Zavient, Hanfield. Everybody calls me Zav. And I am from the greatest place on earth. Don't debate me. Uh, Miami, Florida. <laughs> <laughs> from Miami, Florida. Um, and I I had a, a pretty strong village around me. I'm talking about family. I um, come from a single parent household. But, you know, I'm, I seem to do OK because I had a village around me. I'm talking about my grandparents who are still living all of my aunts, uncles, cousins that just poured into me, man. So I was I was that student that kind of felt like eh, I'm just OK. Um, and I had that I had those feelings because I went to a school. I'm a predominantly white school, white Jewish school. And, you know, you can count the number of black faces in a your white class. Jewish school in Miami, in Miami, bro. And wow. in the nineties, yeah, because wow. yeah, I mean, yeah. I want to paint the picture from my perspective, and maybe somebody from the audience perspective too. Because when I think of Miami, Florida, um, I think of you know Tony Montana, um, right? But yes. also too, I think honestly, I see I, I see a lot of poverty. I mean, I've, outside of the, of course the spring break trips, I think of like some of the the most dangerous projects. I see a lot of NFL athletes and stuff like that come right. out from Florida, but it's still, and I, and I know my pastor, he used to live in Miami, Florida and it's wild in those streets, man. So when you talk to about a white Jewish school, I'm like, where at? How, how did you even come up on that? Were you, I, I know you had a single parent household, but were you raised, what type of environment were you raised in before uh, you get into that school? 
Man, so um, my grandfather was one of the first black teachers to integrate the school that I attended for kindergarten, kindergarten through um, fifth grade. So his children went there, his grandchildren went there. So that's how I got to um, attend that school. It was it was quite a distance from where I live, maybe like a 30 minute drive. But I I went there from kindergarten through uh, middle school. So that's how I ended up at that school. And it was looking back, it was very interesting because, you know, I didn't have anybody to kind of advocate for me. You know, I was there was this one instance in in fourth grade where um, we were playing outside and I was like the only little black boy in the class or one of maybe two. And we were playing outside and um, I was just trying to get the ball and we had a little scuffle and the kids were just like, oh, you know, Zava's is trying to beat him up and I, I got like indoor suspension and my granddaddy had to come to the school. And it, it, it was just crazy, man. And it was at that moment I realized, man, I wish I had somebody there that looked like me that can advocate for me. So, you know, went through elementary school, went through middle school and it was just a, an experience that I'll never forget. So that's why in my adult years, I'm like, man, I need to be that person that I wish I had when I was in third grade or when I was in fifth grade or when that incident happened um, in elementary school. So, man, grew up in Miami, um, went to went to high school in North Miami Beach. And that's when I kind of really came into my own. I, I started, you know, joining the marching band and I literally was exposed to black people, white people, Spanish people. It was incredibly diverse in my high school. Um, and that's kind of where I got my, my footing and where I got my confidence from, man. So grew up in, in South Florida. Um, I have a twin sister. So we did everything together and um, went off to college at, and went off to college at the Great Bethune-Cookman University, both HBCUs. <laughs> and uh, man, my life, my life hasn't been the same since, man. Man, that's one. I didn't know you had a you had a twin sister. That's crazy. Did y'all, did y'all both go to uh, Bethune Cookman? Yep. So we we stayed together up until college. Okay. 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 So I don't want to get too deep into college, man. But tell us about your your what was the what is your biggest takeaways you would say from your college experience at uh, Bethune Cookman? Ah, um, definitely community, pride, and um. And accountability. And I say that because my grandfather, um, the one who integrated the elementary school I went to, is a 1958 graduate of Bethune-Cookman. So I'm literally a third generation um, wildcat. So I'm incredibly proud about that. So, you know, just having my family come for homecoming and just just knowing that Dr. Martin Luther King was my grandfather's commencement speaker. And he just telling me about his experience on the yard. It's just I was able to relate with him on another level when I went to Bethune-Cookman and and joining the band, um, the the best band, the best band in the world. You know, the Marching Wildcats of Bethune-Cookman University. Um, You guys seen the movie Drumline. You know, it's no joke. You were in a band, too? I was in the band, bro. Oh, was it like yes. so? Was it like uh, was it like Netflix? Because I, I ain't gonna lie, I, I, I've been I've been watching. Shout out to Adriana <laughs> King. She put me on uh, out there at Kellogg. She put me on to the to the series. At first, I looked, I was like, "What is that?" And then I, I found myself. I was lost in the sauce. Boy, want to make me join the yeah. band, man? Like, so is it really <laughs> like that? Like, y'all, it, it was a it was it was it was wild. Yeah, man. Yeah, marching orders. What you saw on Netflix was exactly my experience. It, I actually think it's a little bit more lenient um, <laughs> than when I was in the band in 2005 to 2008. But um, yeah, man, it was exactly like that. So just being in the band at Bethune-Cookman really allowed me to um, 
taught me discipline, man. It, it's so much discipline. You out there, you you can't move. Um, you have long days. You have to be excellent with your time management or your grades will fall. And and definitely culture and accountability because it's I always say that going to Bethune Cookman University was one of the greatest things that I could have done because I told you how I grew up. My my school, kindergarten through middle school, was not very diverse. And hindsight is always, you know, the best way to look at things because I realized that never in my life am I ever going to be the majority ever anywhere I go. I'm talking about in corporate America. I'm talking about just when I go to the airport, just anywhere. So going to Bethune-Cookman definitely taught me about culture and learning about African-American studies and histories. And then that accountability piece is huge because your professors love you holistically. So I remember one time my professor saying, like, yo, man, you, you're a man of faith. Like, why are you wilding out? Like, what's, what's really good with you? And I was like 19 years old, being a knucklehead and just not focused. And it was there when my, my, my grades really shifted because I was like, man, I have to be accountable. I am a man of faith. And I, I do know that I came to college for a reason and not to play around and not to, you know what I mean, just just play off, play, play around it's like I was doing. So those are the things that really, really um, shaped my experience in college. That's crazy, man. He pulled the man a faith card. Golly, that would have hurt my soul. Like you out here doing doing your thing, man. Doing your thing in class, but still <laughs> leveraging. I don't know. If somebody, if I'm pressed with a came at me like that, man, that would I probably would have turned around. Like I mean, I was I was good in college for the most part until the last three years. But like, <laughs> if you would have said, "Yo, gee, you a man of faith, man. You know you shouldn't be." I, I would have hurt my soul. Had to, I had to eat that humble pie quick, <laughs> fast, and in a hurry, man. Take that walk of shame, man. But I, I will say before we jump into life after college, I, I, I'm hearing something that has been on my spirit because I, I'm just coming from my line brother's wedding. Shout out to Marcus Bass and Bree Newsom. Now Bree Bass, or oh, I don't know if she's doing Bree Newsom Bass. Shout out to them when their engagement. I was just there last week and saw a wonderful wedding. And I'm, and I always, I, it's been in my spirit to think about legacy and thinking about traditions and thinking about the actions and the things you put forth today, how big of an impact it really does have in shaping right. your, your life. And I think about your, your grandfather actually being one of the per- people that helped integrate those schools and helped so many other families outside of even your own, but he paid the pathway for you to be there. And then also going to Bethune Cookman. I mean, you're third, that's third generation. Yep. So that's yep. three generation of college graduates. And I know I, I can only go back to I can't I'm the really the first generation and I couldn't even go back to my what my third generation was. So having that community around you helps. And I, I just want to challenge us before we even get to the meat of this podcast, because I'm going to be real. Some people may listen to this podcast like, yo, I'm not even interested in the big um, this is whatever, like <laughs> whatever. But I, I want people to realize that every single show we get on. We always come from a real perspective and we want us to look at, look at the things underneath. And one of the things underneath that allowed him to be who the man he is today and be able to go across the inner cities and be able to be advantages of the plant-based lifestyle and to have the etiquette and have the response because decisions his father and his people made decades ago. And this is a red, this should be a red alarm for those that know in your past generation, your family didn't make the right decisions. Like, cause I mean, some of us, we do have families that have been making right decisions and we just got to make sure that we just keep following straight. But some of us are listening right now. Our families did not make the right decisions. And we know you are a man of the cloth. You're a woman of the cloth. I'm challenging you right now. Let's make sure we are making the right decisions. So in three generations, 
our children can be on these podcasts, can be on these channels, can be speaking, can be doing all that great stuff and know that you made that decision to move forward with purpose, not just going to college just because of going to college, but do everything you can with excellence, with a degree of honesty and integrity to set the foundation because it's about our future. Like majority of y'all listening right now is 25, 30, 35. Y'all about, I mean, I'm about to say y'all about wash because I'm, no, no, I'm about, I ain't about to say all that. <laughs> but let, let's make sure that make sure that we are, when we were waking up in the morning, that we are realizing that it's, 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 it's some bigger things at stake right now. So um, I just had to get on that footstool for a second or that platform for a second. But now we're stepping back to you, man. So what happened directly after college, man, as we segue into the second portion of our show? Man, so directly after college, um, I I went to graduate school. It was around 2009. The economy was ridiculously oh, crappy. It was yeah, a wild, yeah, yeah. wild west. Man. Man, look, so I was like, man, what am I going to do? Um, so I always knew I wanted to go to graduate school, but I just I didn't know I didn't know where I wanted to go. Um, so I was looking at different schools because I couldn't find a job and I, I definitely wanted to get my master's. I, I wanted to go straight through if I was going to go to college anyway, um, for post grad postgraduate experience. So I was looking around and I, I stumbled across across a school in Orlando um, that had an entertainment business program. And I was like, man, I would love to be an A&R, man. So um, A&Rs are individuals who work at that grassroots level. So they're looking for the talent. They're helping with the image and the sound. And I was like, boom, that's the career that I'm going to go into. I'm going to be in the entertainment industry. I'm going to make a lot of money. Uh, it was just all the superficial things that I, that I wanted to, to get. And so I, I finished graduate school. It was a 12-month program, finished graduate school. And then I moved back home to Miami because my mom was like, yo, bro, um, you, you you have a job? I was like, no, I'm, but I'm, I'm going to find one. And I, she kept asking me, kept asking me. And it was like December 1st. And she came knocking on my door. I, I knew I had to get out of my apartment, but I was you know, just being young and foolish. And she was just like, you, we have to go home. You have to go home. You know, This is the, the best thing for you right now. You don't have a job. And great for you to kind of like get your bearings and save up money. And I was like, oh, man. So I... I was packing, you know, just doing some last minute packing through all the stuff in the U-Haul. And I moved back to Miami immediately after after graduate school, man. And it, it kind of took a, a blow to my confidence. I was like, man, I'm, I'm moving back home. Like, who does that? Why, why would I move back home? With man, two started, degrees. Man, two degrees. <laughs> you know, I'm 23 years old. I have a master's degree. I'm like high key feeling myself. And I was like, man, so I really didn't want to go back home. But Looking back, that going home was the best thing that I could have done, man. So I got closer to God. I got closer to my family. I got to know Miami as an adult. Um, and it completely changed from when I was 17 years old and before I left for college. And it was uh, it was one of the greatest things that I could have done. So let me jump right in real quick, real, real quick, real quick and hold that thought. I yeah. want I want I want us to be specific specific right here. When you went home and you said you got closer to God, you got closer to family, how did you do it? Man, I did it because I was around them all the time. My family <laughs> gets together every single weekend and I was, you know, just spending time with my grandparents as they were getting older. Um I was gone from my my younger brother and sister. So fun fact, my mom had two sets of twins. So I have wow. a twin sister Bruh. and then 8 years later she had another boy girl set of twins. So two pregnancy, four kids, bada bing, bada boom. Two sets of <laughs> twins. That two that, sets of twins. But you are a phenomenon. 
like low key, right? <laughs> Something like a phenomenon. <laughs> yeah, man. So I um yeah, man, I was just very intentional about spending time with them because I had been gone away from my family since 2005 for the most part when I left for college. Um so I moved back and we I just used to take my little sister out on dates and um just spend time with my little brother and just try to talk to them even though they were getting older and um I just got active in the community, man. And my uncle's best friend, he was just like, man, I know you just graduated with your master's degree and I'm, I'm sure you're looking for a job, right? I was like, yeah, man, I am. And I was like broke as a joke, man. But I was still like, oh, I'm still going to do the entertainment thing. I'm still going to you know, try to find clients and do artist management and development. I have my master's degree. And it was then when I realized people want experience. You, know, you have your degree. And I did work on some projects while I was in graduate school. Um, artist management projects, but you know, people wanted more experience. So my uncle's best friend was like, yo, you need a job? I was like, yes. So I started working um, at Booker T. Washington Senior High School in Overtown. My granddaddy went to that school as well, you know, crazy again. Um, and yeah, man, that was how I started in education. And it was there where I got the foundation to, you know, continue in education and be an education consultant and realize that our inner city youth and they need people that went to college and they need people that can can advocate for them and that believe in them and that, you know, give them that tough love. Because, you know, let's not let's tell it like it is, you know, working with inner city students, um, it can be challenging. It presents a lot of different challenges. But I got that. I got that my foot in the door, man, and I haven't looked back since, man. I'm still working in high schools, working with students and doing education consulting and, and talking to students and just letting them know about all of the options that are available for them. If they have a low GPA, if their parents, you know, don't make a lot of money because I went to college. Um, I went to college, you know, for for free my first couple of years. Until my GPA dropped, so you know that's. Another <laughs> yeah. So before so. we get into your educational consult, because I want to speak on that before we get to our plan based brother, I did want to say how long did you end up teaching before you actually transitioned outside of the classroom? Man, um, about two years. Two years, and then you transitioned out, and that's when you moved to Houston. Uh, Houston. How was it being that? Was you 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 didn't grow up in the inner city, did you? Um. Yeah, I did. I did. I grew up. My grandparents live in a in Liberty City. Oh, Liberty um, City, because that's where uh, Grand Theft Auto, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so. Yeah, think Liberty so. City, Grand Theft Auto. That's that's the, that's my first introduction to Miami, right there. <laughs> wow, that's crazy, man. So I like my I had my my beginnings in Liberty City, but my my family moved um a little bit closer into just unincorporated Miami, which is. You know, it's not North Miami, it's not South Miami, it's just Miami. So I, I am a product of the inner city, but, you know, as far as schooling and stuff like that, it wasn't in the inner city. So I kind of had the best of both worlds. Because mm-hmm. I was I was wondering how was it actually teaching the inner city, you specifically in Miami, because it's not like the regular inner city. Like Durham, we in a city and we and we real. Don't get a bull city real. But when I taught, I mean, <laughs> them cats, I, I didn't grow up in the inner city. I'll be real. I did not grow up in the inner city. I didn't grow up in the suburbs, but... Honestly, you could probably say it was right. kind of the suburbs. However, right. and that was the second half of my life. So don't try to take my G pass, everybody. But <laughs> no, yeah, 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 don't try to take my G pass. Like we 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 had our time in the day. But uh but it wasn't it wasn't as challenging because I mean there was poverty around and there is, but I've seen 
and maybe maybe I might just be embellishing it a bit, but I've seen Miami and how dangerous it really is in those streets for the youth and and some some big time things they have to deal with, et cetera. So how like what did you what did you learn most about yourself teaching those two years? Man, I just I remember my first day just being incredibly apprehensive. I was like, man, am I going to be able to relate? Am I going to be able to you know understand? Because I mean the the part of town that I taught in was called Overtown, and it was you know they 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 since gentrified it and are continuing to gentrify this historically black neighborhood that was bustling and thriving um, way back when. But I I didn't think I was going to be able to relate, man. You know I you know I talk a little bit different. And I know that they have very, very serious circumstances that they're dealing with as far as their home life. So I was very apprehensive. But what I learned for, from that experience was, yo, man, just be yourself. People gravitate to you being who you are. And that ties into the quote I the quote I first read when we started, just, you know, letting God's light shine through you and just being a light in that dark place. So when you treat, you know, these teenagers with respect, um, sometimes they like to play you because I was what, 23 years old. I was young. Um, some of them were, you know, 17, 18 years old. Sometimes they thought, oh, man, I can you know, I can play. It's like, nah, bro, we got to get this done. And I let them know about their future and what's to come and, and why it's important to kind of like grind now so you can shine whatever, however shining looks for you. I told them the importance of that. So that was the biggest takeaway, man. Just learning that all I have to do is be myself. I don't have to be apprehensive about, man, will these kids understand me? Will they relate to me? It's like I feel every single person has a commonality, whether it's, you know, we are from the same city or, you know, we like similar things. You find that commonality, commonality, excuse me. And, man, you can build relationships and forge relationships um, from there. Man, I think that's huge. It's crazy. I was just on the phone rapping my boy, uh, my boy, Justin. Shout out to Jay, man. Uh, Mr. Science out there, uh, past SGA president at Hampton, man, and. He's in New York doing his thing in science. And he uh he's doing the thing in speaking as well. And he had an opportunity. I don't know how he landed this opportunity, but it's a phenomenal opportunity to go out and talk with the prestigious investment bank and go talk to the the the, the kids from some of their most prestigious clients. And I think the net worth had to be over five million or something like that. Not 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 net worth, but investable saves or something crazy. Yeah. Basically using millionaire kids, right? Jay ain't no millionaire yet. He gonna get there. He ain't no millionaire there. He don't, he don't, he don't know about that life. He was like, yo, I'm 20, 20, I think he's like 24, 23. I'm like, what am I, what am I supposed to share with them? And then he had a conversation with himself beforehand, like, yo, I just gotta share what I know, um, share what, I, what tools may be able to help in their certain situations, et cetera. And just give my best go. And he, and he realized once he was out there, these, these people with outrageous kids with outrageous net worth. We're able to connect because he, he just realized, yo, I just got to be myself. I didn't have to come in there and act like I, I came from where they came from. But I, what I can do is deliver right. what I can do. And I think sometimes that, uh, especially for the for people, people that speak, like I had somebody talk to me the other day, shout out to Taryn. She was talking on the phone. She said, yo, I'm nervous that people won't relate to me or X, Y, and Z. It's like, hold up. you, you We would never have control over that. Like, we nope. would never have never. control over that. But what we can control is bringing our authentic selves. But- Here's the kicker. If you don't bring your authentic selves, oh, the people going to find out. Like, real going to recognize real. That's why a lot of people have problems teaching in inner cities because they're not bringing <laughs> the real selves and stuff like that. But we right. ain't even going to go down that route, man. So let's jump into, before we get into Plant Brace, brother, let's jump into your time as an educational consultant, kind of doing what you do now. So share with our audience what an educational consultant is um, what it, and, and what kind of prepares you to do it and some interesting stories uh, as your time there. No, most definitely. So 
um, around the time I was at the inner city schools in Miami, I wanted to, I always wanted to be Dr. Hanfield. I, I was like, man, I think that's cool, man. Dr. Hanfield. So I applied to, I applied to Howard University um, in Washington, D.C. I applied to Howard for their communication and culture PhD program. So this was back in like 2011. I, I think the name has since changed. So I applied. I was at work I was, and I got the email that I did not get accepted. I was like, oh, man. But I had this piece about it. I was like, okay, I didn't get accepted. I was like, okay, cool. But honestly, Greg, I'm so glad that that door was shut because I I really don't like school and I don't really like research, if I could be completely honest. Mm -hmm. I'm an extrovert, so I like making connections. I know the Howard Network is massive and it's incredible. So that's why I wanted to go for for those connections, not because I wanted to do research and I just think it'll be cool to have doctor in front of my name. So literally about six months later, I had applied for this job. I worked for an education consulting company. And six months later, I, I got hired, man. And they said, hey, you know, we, we have an opening in Chicago and Connecticut. You know, I would love for you to you know be a part of the team. I was like, cool, but can we change the state? I was like, I'm from Miami. I'm, I'm a Florida boy. Like, I literally do not like the code. And it was like, OK, where do you want to go? So I moved to Texas um, to be an education consultant. And what my roles were is literally building, 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 building networks um, and building a, a database of teachers and, and principals and counselors that I can go in and I can do presentations and I can speak to about post-secondary options. I, I'm an advocate for that not being a one size fits all. So with that being said, I, I let students know about whether you want to go and do a gap year, whether you want to go to a trade school, whether you want to go to a four year school, an HBC, an Ivy League, um, military, just going straight to the workforce, going to YouTube University. So I let students know about all of these different options that are available for themselves. And um, and I allow them to pick and, you know, they take a behavior assessment to kind of see what would be the best path for themselves. And yeah, man, as an education consultant, I consult with teachers and and higher ups so that I can get in front of their students to let them know about the many options that are available. Because, you know, what I'm what I found out in six years of doing it is whether you live in the suburbs or the inner city or somewhere in between. A lot of students have these misconceptions about what is next for them and what they should be doing. And I get to kind of like break it down. I'm always sharing my own personal um, ex experiences and stories. And, you know, that's why I'm so good at my job and I'm so grateful to be in that position to um, to speak to them and speak life. Mm. That uh, You said you said you said enough. You said a handful right there, man. So let's jump into 2017. Right. You're doing your consulting, you're speaking. Right, and man. then you decided to, to jump in and, 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 and create something brand new that's kind of it's still at a, it's still showcasing talent is still is still breathing life into the world but it's far different than just standing in front of a mic or delivering presentations so break us down man the creation and the launch of plant-based brother absolutely so um and i was in 2000 i was in the seventh grade and i saw this documentary at church and it was a documentary just letting you know about you know where certain things come from and how it's done and i was like man I was a, you know, I was a 12, I was 12 years old and I've always been the kind of, I was the kind of child that marched to the beat of my own drum. So I was like, man, I didn't know they did that type of stuff to animals. I was like, man, I think I'm going to give up meat. It was just simple as that. 
I went home a couple hours later and I ate some chicken. But shortly <laughs> after that, shortly after that, I told my fam- my family, I was like, man, I want to, you know, give up, give up meat. And they were like, OK, cool. So I essentially became um, plant based. So my, my definition of plant based is when you are intentionally incorporating more plants in your diet. That is my definition. Other people may have other definitions, but um, that's that's what I think. So in 2000, I decided to give up meat, eat only fish and I still ate dairy, but I didn't have I haven't had chicken or steak or beef or lamb or turkey or anything like that since 2000. Um, so that's where I got my start. You know, hold on, whoa, whoa, whoa! You eat turkey, bro? No, no, I didn't. I, I didn't eat turkey. I, I haven't eaten turkey since then. Yeah. Okay, boy. I thought I thought I thought I heard you wrong. I thought I said hold no. up, pl- turkey plant based when they start growing turkeys. Nah, <laughs> nah, man. So I haven't, I, I haven't eaten any of that since 2000. And, and in 2012, um, around the time where, you know, I was in back home in Miami and I was looking for a job and, and things were good. And like I said, I was getting back closer to my family and God and the community. I started working for this nonprofit called Urban Greenworks. Just, I just did it to apply and, and get some additional income. So Urban Greenworks, you know, which is still alive and well and running in Miami to this day, was one of the dopest experience ever because I got a chance to use my undergraduate degree in PR and advertising and work as the you know advertising marketing director for this nonprofit. So essentially, my job was to let the community, the inner city community of Miami know about what Urban Greenworks was doing. And what they were doing was they hired um, teenagers from the community and they went about 45 minutes south and they were planting fruit and veggies. And and we were selling it to the community for a man. The the rate was just so low. You wouldn't believe it. We were even accepting EBT. So you can use your food stamp card in order to get fresh fruit and fresh vegetables. So we had um, Swiss chard. We had kale. Uh, we we had rutabagas. We had just so many different fruits and food um, and veggies that individuals had never heard of. So it was a great experience. So that was in 2012. So I was already plant based. And then 2015, I decided to um, just give up fish and dairy because, you know, that's why I never I tell people never say never. I always told people, man, I love my cheese man. I love going to fish fries. I love that. But then I went to this this document, this is pretty much this class and this doctor, his name is Dr. Errol Bryce. He was just telling us, he's like, yo, cheese is pretty much like a drug. And he was just like the same feeling that a lot of people get when they use drugs, they get it from cheese. And I was just thinking about how I felt when I ate macaroni and cheese. And I was like, yo, he's he might be on to something. So I researched it and he was actually telling the truth. So it was January 24th, 2015. I decided to give up um, dairy products and I decided to um, give up fish. Um, in 2017, I, I launched Plant Based Brother because, man, when What the Health came out, people were emailing man, me. They man, were, they were, people they were bro, losing they were their religion. What'd you say? I had people losing their religions when that thing came out, bro. Right. Man, and if you haven't seen it, to those guys, to those of you all who are listening, please go ahead and check it out on Netflix. It's, it's dope. And it'll open your eyes. But man, when What the Hell came in, came out, people were sliding in the DMs. They were just emailing me. It's just like, man, I, I really want to give up meat, but I don't know how. I've done the Daniel, Daniel fast, but I would love for you to help me out with that. I was like, I got you. 
And then a couple a couple months later, after maybe like 25 people, you know, reached out to me, I was like, man, why don't I find a way to like brand myself and and monetize what it is that I'm already doing? Because whether I started my brand or not, I'm still a brother that happens to be plant based. Hence the plant based brother. You feel me? So, <laughs> so I was just like, man, let me get started. So I was playing around with names. I was like, okay, you know, if you see me, you're like, man, you wouldn't think that I'm like vegan because of the the connotation with vegan. Like they think he's supposed to be scrawny. They think he's supposed to be eating lettuce and whatnot. And I eat real good. I'm I'm five. Ch- and when you when you get you check out his Instagram his page, I'm he eat like 10 times better than me and I, I there's nothing that's off my my list nothing that I would not eat for the most part and I'm talking about I mean fine dining yo it, it goes down man I'm, I'm I tell people I'm, I'm 5'10 about 210 you know what I mean like I'm a, I'm a solid brother you know what I mean so like I'm not I don't look like a uh, 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 what you would think a proverbial vegan will how they should look, and I love breaking down that that myth and those stereotypes. So yeah, man, I, I decided to start Plant Based Brother, and I was like, man, how should I structure it? But um, I man, it, it's been it's been a blessing, man, because I offer services, so I I help people transition through meal planning. Um, personal cooking demonstrations. So I've gone to community centers and churches and whatnot, and I've showed them, hey, this is how you make avocado toast. Or if you're trying to eat less dairy, these are some other alternatives. Um, I do, I'm a motivational speaker, so I do weekly coaching calls. Um, and man, it's just been, it's just taken off tremendously, man. I, I love the food blogging part, portion of it as well, because any place I go, man, I'm documenting it. When I went to Paris, I was like, man, let me find the vegan bistros in Paris. Checked it out, man. If I was just home in Miami, I went to a bunch of restaurants there and I document everything. It's all on my Instagram. Um, and, you know, I'm putting it on my YouTube channel as well. But I love just being able to show people like, yo, man, you don't have to give up meat completely. You don't have to, you know, you can do it in your own timing. But these are the different options if you were so to choose to give up you know, eating your chicken or your or your pork or, you know, whatever it is. I don't shame anybody. I just know people will come to the, the truth or the light at their own time when it comes to just eating a plant based diet and, and how it's how it can help individuals um, in so many different ways. Man, you said you said a uh, you said a mouthful right there. And uh, I just want to ask a couple questions to break this down and uh, hopefully answer questions properly on our, our minds right now as audience when you're listening. And uh, one where do you use typically, because I know this is a question you probably get all the time. Where do you typically get your protein from? And then the second question is from a holistic perspective, how, how, how do you best break a habit? Cause I think this can abide everybody because if your habit and you're used to eating a certain thing and then you're just going to cut it completely. Like you will have withdrawals. You have things going on. So break this down. How do you, how do you create? How have you how have you created a habit and had a discipline at seven years old and then passed that? I don't know. What was it? What was the age again? Twelve, man. Seventh grade, twelve years old. Yeah. So tw- from twelve, have the discipline to go cold turkey and then continue that. Because like I said, there's there's weddings, there's cookouts, there's there's I don't know if you drink, but there may be drunken nights. Like there's a lot of opportunity, space and opportunity. To be like, yo, I got it. So I just want I want to talk about that discipline and the habit piece, but also too that protein. But tackle the second question first, because that may make that may make more sense. Yeah, man, no, for sure. Um, so 
I think what what really helped me was at that young age, my family did not shame me at all. And I knew they wouldn't because, you know, I'm, I'm kind of I'm, I'm a little spoiled. You know, what I mean, they, I'm the oldest um, grandson. So they look after me. But my uncle was um, a vegetarian in the 90s. So it wasn't something new to my family. Um, we have, have a lot of vegetarians and, and vegans or whatever you want to call it in my family. So I think that me having support from my family was the greatest thing. My mom never said to me, like, hey, I, I made this, you know, this spaghetti. You're going to eat this spaghetti. You know what I mean? I made this fried <laughs> chicken. You're going to eat this. Nah, she never said that. My grandparents never said that. My aunts, uncles, they never said that to me. So they supported me. So that was a great, and I'm, I'm so blessed to have had that, that village to support me at that young age. So that's really what helped me to sustain. And, and as far as com- com- just having discipline, it, it 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 can be difficult because if you go to weddings, I just went to a wedding this past week and my boy got married. And um, I, I always ask, I'm like, yo, is there going to be anything that I can eat while I'm at your wedding or should I eat before? You know what I mean? Because it's, it's just it's just something I have to do. And he was like, yeah, man, we'll have some we'll have some, you know, non meat options. So I had um, I think I had salad. I had pasta with marinara sauce and plantain. So that's what I had to eat. Everybody else had, you know, rice and and, and chicken Alfredo pasta. They was eating good. But I was like, you know, it's, it's, it's cool. So I think just figuring out what works for you in terms of, you know, what how you want to eat and, and what you want to eat and what tastes good. Honestly, anything that you can think of that you like and love, Greg, there is a plant based alternative. I'm talking about from macaroni and cheese to pizza to. Um, the issue, crab cake, the issue. Like I, I understand that the issue, right? If right now I want to go to my my fast, uh, I want to go to my spot and go ahead and grab that macaroni and cheese, boy. It's gonna take about uh, like 10, 15 minutes. I'm having macaroni and cheese ready. My st- the stereotype, the stigma that I'm living under right now is that if I wanted to create the same type of alternatives, I would have to go to some whole food spot, get ten different <laughs> ingredients, spend thirty five dollars to make a corner of macaroni and cheese that ain't as good as the real thing, man. So prove me wrong, man, man, man. So you you are you are kind of correct because um, <laughs> I hear all the time, yeah, we have alternatives, and then I said, okay, what's the alternative? And then they send me to a page, and the page got twenty ingredients. I'm like, twenty ingredients? That that's the alternative. Right. Yeah. But but the thing is, bro, how I how I look at it is, you know, you we we pay for convenience as millennials. We want things to be quick, 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 fast and in a hurry. Um, I just released my ebook and it is it's doing pretty well. And I'm just it's for people to help them transition. And why? I, while I understand that, you know, you go to, you know, you, you want to go to KFC and, and get their their macaroni and cheese, man. You out late and you, you kind of hungry or, you know, whatever the case may be. You better not be uh, going to KFC for no macaroni and cheese. You be you should stop listening to this podcast right now. You, going, <laughs> you should be ashamed see, of yourself. <laughs> see, I don't even know where to get macaroni and cheese from, bro. Like, I know you know you visit the KFC. <laughs> judgment, y'all. No judgment. No judgment. But you, you're you're absolutely correct. But I always say, you know, people don't want to eat how they should be eating um, until they have to. And you know, when that doctor says, "Like, yo, bro, you got high high cholesterol or high blood pressure or whatnot," it's like now you have to eat hot like a rabbit or how however however many people think that you know plant based or vegan or vegetarian people eat. So you're right, man. As far as you know, you do have to put some time in. You do have to meal prep. Um, there are a bunch of recipes out there that don't 
you know, you, you can modify so many different things. And like, I low key been in the game for 20 years. So I know how to go to a restaurant <laughs> and just, and just ask like, yo man, does this have this or, or can I, can I modify this? So I'm like an expert at that. But as far as where I go shopping, man, just, I, I go to Kroger, man. I go to HEB. I, I pretty much can go anywhere. I can even go to Walmart, man, and, and get some from fresh fruit and, and produce farmers markets, all of that. Mm. So, Give us give us some advice for those that are listening right now that are a bit intrigued, a bit intrigued about potentially going into the plant based lifestyle, but not intrigued yet to like take a course, but just want to get some starter stuff. It may lead to taking it more seriously. But what would you recommend? Is it is it more so a mindset? Was it more so some principles, or actions they should do? Like, do you so when people come to you and say it? Because this is like for me, like for for in, in the business of speaking, like everybody come to me and say, "Oh, I want to speak." I don't immediately give them the, the toolkit. I'm like, "Yeah, no, not like what do you want to speak for? Like, what is what, what's the background?" Okay, I try to get more context, etc. And this is anything I do. So when people come to you and say, "Hey, man, I'm trying to go plant based, etc." What is usually answer? And then two for those that are trying to get started, what do you usually what do you usually suggest? Oh, man, great question. So I usually let them know that I can help them and I can be a resource to them. But I, I usually give them a couple of things. And this can you know, also be found in my ebook. Um, as far as going plant based, man, do not compare your journey. Let Instagram tell it, you know, everybody's been plant based for five, <laughs> ten years. Yeah. You know what I mean? You're the um, only so one that's put in two decades of work. Tell them. Stop it. Stop it. Tell them. <laughs> You're the only one. We the only no, no. one. <laughs> we the well, ones. I'm, we the ones. Man, man, man. I don't mean to like, you know, <laughs> brag, but. No, nah, no. Nah, talk your stuff, boy. Talk your stuff. Feels me, bro. So I always let them know, like, do not compare their journey um, because it's not going to happen overnight for everybody. For example, I went cold turkey with, with cheese, milk, dairy products. Like, I literally have not had cheese. Um or eggs or anything like that since January 24, 2015. Like I was able to go cold turkey and other people that I've talked to are able to go cold turkey as well. But if you're not, you know, don't compare your journey to anyone else. And a lot of times on social media, we're like, man, I have to be like this person and eat like this person or eat like the plant-based brothers. Like, nah, you, you really don't have to do that. Just go at your own pace. And I let them know, um, be okay with exploring new fruits and veggies. Long gone are the days where, you know what I mean, we are like, man, I don't eat that. I, 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 it's a running joke with a couple of my friends. They're like, man, I only eat corn and I don't really eat vegetables. I'd be like, bro, yo, your, your, your palate is mad childish. We need to, we need to enhance your, your, your palate. And they always like laugh and, and, and laugh about it. But it's true, man. I remember, you know, just not eating beets or Brussels sprouts as a child or even avocados like that. And now as an adult, every salad I get, I'm like, oh, yo, can you add some beets on it? You know, any restaurant you go to now, they have crispy Brussels sprouts. And, you know, it's, it's not our mama's Brussels sprouts that they, that she made in the 90s. I'm just, just oh, saying. Man, you throwing jabs at Mon Deuce too? <laughs> Good guy. <laughs> <laughs> not your mama's Brussels sprouts, not at all. But is you have to be okay with exploring new fruit and new veggies because when you when you are, it's like man, this actually tastes good. Dragon fruit, you know, kale. I was talking to my my Neil, and he was like, man, I never had kale before. I'm, I, I can't really do that. And I was like, bro, just try it, man. You put some garlic sauce on it, and when you really explore and you research them, you know that they have a lot of healing powers. Um, as far as what it is that we're consuming as far as fruit and veggies, especially if you want to do it the holistic way. Um, and last thing I would tell them is to don't give up. Uh, one of my favorite African proverbs says, if you want to go fast, 
go alone. But if you want to go far, go with someone else. So, you know, you find a coach or you find an online mentor or a virtual mentor that, you know, you just look at all of their YouTube videos or their Instagram page. Don't do it alone. Find somebody to hold you accountable because, you know, when we're trying to reach success, we need accountability. We need mentorship, mentorship. We need all of that. So create some personal goals for yourself and, and just stay committed and don't give up. And if you do fail and, and go to, you know, go to KFC or Chipotle and get, you know, a double scoop of chicken, you know, you're good. <laughs> just start over the next day or the next week. Um, but don't be so hard on yourself, man. So that's all I would definitely say. If someone wants to get started, man, find accountability. Be okay with exploring new fruit and veggies and trying different things that they've never tried before. And, and don't compare their journey. Do not compare their journey to anyone else's because their journey is their journey. I want to step in and say, I think that is prolific. You gave up a, a lot of stuff that can apply even outside of people just trying to change a, a lifestyle or a diet, especially the, the comparing journeys piece. And I know some of you, like myself, I've heard it. I've seen it. And it's still hard because you're, you, I, I'm a guy, I used to read a lot of biographies. And right. the only issue about reading biographies sometimes, cause you look at other people's stories and you start to look at timelines. All right. When they were 21, all right, 21, we're on track. 25, yeah. oh, we're on track. All right, cool. Oh, dang, 30. Ah, I ain't hit there yet. Or, okay, they did it this way. All right. I'm going to do the same way. Or, oh, I apply to this school. Or, shoot. I ain't go to Harvard. So I can't, I can't do X or I got to do this. And then all of a sudden during this whole time, you could be doing and achieving some phenomenal things, but you still stressed. You still worried because you didn't do it the other way. Like I, I listen and I, and I, and I love ET. ET wake up at 3.30. Everybody that need to be a motivational speaker don't need to wake up at 3.30. Nope. Like it, 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 it is what it is. I love but my sleep. Yeah. Yeah. Like some people, some people need to, some people wake up at eight o'clock and still can go and inspire, motivate thousands. Like it, it doesn't really matter, but. You have to really get comfortable, like I said, trying new things because trying new things will allow you to see who you really are and what really what what your lane really is in this space. Because yep. a lot of lanes are already full, and that's why there's a lot of animosity, a lot of anxiety. And then you look at if somebody else would look at your life, they'd be like, "Yo, you're you're doing phenomenal. Like, what? Why are you complaining? Like, what's what's wrong with you?" But you 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 are you are consistently consistently. Exactly. On the other side of the road, it's like you driving a car and you were consistently not looking at, not not looking in front of you. You were looking right. nowhere else, and you and then your life is just an accident. Your life is an accident. Mm-hmm. You're like, why am I? Why is why is everything I'm going into crashing, burning, all this other stuff around you? No, you got the bins. You driving the bins, but it ain't gonna help if you if you if you're not looking in front of you when you're looking inside. Of course, you're gonna keep wrecking that thing. So protect your <laughs> bins, protect your life. Your life is a jag. Whatever your best car, the car you probably can't afford or you can't afford right now, you drive right now. That is your life right now. So you got to stand forward and really and 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 love it because you only get one of these things and. We can't waste it. We cannot. We cannot waste it doing all the other stuff. But also, too, man, I, I did want to ask for what would be the best thing for those, and and what health benefits are have you seen yourself in that plant based space? Man, that's a that's a great question. I actually get that question a lot. Um, so three things. The first thing is when I was when I was younger, um, I used to suffer from chronic sinusitis. So that just means, man, my sinuses used to always run. Um, I thought I was going to be a, a, a grown man with a wife and kids and just blowing my nose, man, just every single, every five seconds. And when I gave up dairy, man, that decreased exponentially. 
honestly and truly, I probably, you know, blow my nose maybe a couple of times a month where it was used to be every single day because of the stuff that I was consuming. Um, so giving up dairy definitely eradicated my chronic sinusitis. I don't, I don't struggle. I don't have, you know, nose drip. I don't have any of that stuff. Um, I'm not filled with mucus all the time. The second thing is I remember I went to the doctor before I, I was, I was still vegetarian. I'm still vegetarian, but I was, I was, I was just eating just crazy stuff, man. And, you know, sometimes when you, you go plant-based, you're like, okay, well, I don't eat meat anymore. I'm going to double up on the carbs, on the mac and cheese, on the this, on the that. And that's what I did at, you know, one, one point in my life. And I, man, I went to the doctor and he was just like, man, you are, you know, pre hypertension, pre, you know, high cholesterol. I was like, oh man, I was like, nah, this can't be because I have members in my family that struggle with diabetes and, and, you know, high blood pressure and all those different factors. I was like, man, something has got to give. And then the next, you know, three months later, that's when I gave up dairy and I gave up fish and I decided to be more intentional about what I consumed um, because I was like, man, our body is our temple. I can't be putting crazy stuff in there all the time. Um, and the third thing is, man, I, I, I went, you know, there's so many cool factors with being plant-based. You can be a, a plant-based a raw plant-based person or a, a vegan or a vegetarian it's levels. I'll definitely say it's levels, but <laughs> I can speak to, <laughs> I can speak to, um, in 2015, I just, I just had a lot going on. I was getting ready for my cousin's wedding. I was going to be taking a cruise out of the country. I was like, man, I, I need to be right. I want to get mentally right. You know, I want to do a fast. So I did a fast and I went raw vegan, man, for 40 days. I was going to do 30 days, but I was like, man, Jesus went 40 days. I'm going to do 40 days, man. I got this. Um, <laughs> so I did 40 days, man. And that, I mean, that experience honestly changed my life because I was able, like, I've never been able to think as clear as I did, man, because with our bodies being our temple, what we consume can cloud our, our minds a lot. What I mean by that is if you're eating, you know, chocolate cake, be it vegan or not, you know, all that sugar can cloud your mind. And, and my mind was incredibly clouded. And I, I was just going through another transition with work and, and just, you know, life and just so many different things. So I was like, man, I want to get closer to God. I, I want to do a 40 day raw vegan fast. Man, I remember after that 40 day fast, man, I lost, you know, maybe like 25 pounds. Um, I was able to think clearer. I was able to make sound decisions. I was able to wake up earlier. I didn't need to take as many naps as I, I love taking naps, just keep it real, but I wasn't taking as many naps as I used to. Um, I just remember just trying to eat like an Oreo cookie, man. I got an instant headache. So I was like, man, something inside of me actually changed. Um, so be it that there are different levels to being plant-based, man, the benefits that I've seen is that you can transform your mind and, and your thinking. Um, you can eradicate health problems if you do it right. Um, and you can get rid of, you know, just your sinus issues from giving up dairy. Like, you know, that's my testimony. Real talk. I, I thought I will always be struggling with it. And it literally saved my life. It helped my life. So I don't have to always walk around with tissue and, <laughs> and, and, and Kleenex. It's like, nah, that's not hot, bro. That's not cool. Do you, so you don't eat sugar, any sugar either, do you? I do. I do. Okay. I, okay. I was about to say, I was yeah, like, oh, yeah, that's, yeah. No, I, I, God, I, I eat I no do. sugar either. What do you eat? Nah, nah that's, a lot of us are addicted to sugar, and I am one of them. But, uh, <laughs> you still add yeah. it on, and at least in one space. So, for, for as as we as we um, proceed to move on, I did want to ask for those that are going to follow you or all this after this podcast and show. What can they expect from like following your content and from you in the future? 
Oh, man. Man, thank you for asking. So if you follow me, if you follow Plant Based Brother, you're going to see uh, a young man, a minority trailblazer mm-hmm. out here in the world, man, definitely just educated individuals on different things, man. I like to add my own personality. I have random Instagram, you know, story videos where people where I'm just like dancing while I'm making food, you know, so I'm including my own personality in being plant based. I'm, I'm, I love to travel and vlog. So, you know, what I mean, next time I'm in North Carolina, we definitely going to hit up a, a vegan spot. Yeah, a plant based <laughs> spot. Already, you know, we're going to put that on my YouTube channel, but, you know, just expect to see me helping individuals transition. I'm going to be incorporating uh, more clients and just helping them with personal shopping. And it's it's some big things on the horizon. So definitely follow, 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 um, engage, DM, shoot me a message. I I would love to to speak to everybody um, because this, you know, things are things are picking up fast. People are loving that I'm a you know a 31 year old young black man that's talking about the plant based lifestyle. So I plan on going into various communities and, and doing food demonstrations and all of that, man. So stay tuned. It's, it's going to be great, man. And I'm I'm excited. I'm excited for you. So Minority Troubles Nation, make sure we support the brother any way we can, man. Make sure blow his stuff up, follow it, et cetera. Specifically those that are interested in that lifestyle or just yes. want to know more information and, and see. Cause I mean, I, I'm looking online and the stuff that he's posting, if it looks as good as it, if it looks as good, if it tastes <laughs> as good as it looks online, then shoot, I might consider it. Nah, I'm playing. I ain't never considered I'm, I'm, I'm team. I'm pork chopped ribs all bro, day. Bro, never every say day. never. What? Nah, Y'all. Ain't, ain't no never say never. Five here, years from now, Greg's like, man, you know, I just eat fish now. And nah, you know, I gave up the pork. I, I, I gave up the swine. Hey, put a bill, put, put, put 10,000 on it. Put 10 racks on it. <laughs> put, put, put some I bread. put $10 on it like. <laughs> but uh man make sure you make sure you check that out man because i know i'm just i'm just we're i'm just in we're just getting them before it really blows because i know it's taking the world by storm and most importantly he lives it it's not nothing he's just preaching because it's, it's trendy now it's not nothing of that nature he's been in the game 20 years so i'm glad he's now getting his just do getting his ducks in a row and i can't wait to see what type of content he begins to provide maybe be a podcast in the future a digital play platform app who knows a lot of good stuff on the way so definitely be sure to check it out we'll have all the information and all that stuff in the show notes man before i enter the future round and because that's the last portion of our show i did want to ask because i want to make sure um i I have this moment there's two big questions that i make sure i ask every single guest is on the show uh the first question knowing what you know now if you had the opportunity to go back in time I would say around eh, 10 years ago. What would you tell yourself? <sighs> 10 years ago, man. 21-year-old Zaj. So much, so much. Um, I would definitely tell myself to, to, to be okay with using all your gifts and your talents. And I say that because 20, 10 years ago, excuse me, um, I graduated from college. I was entering graduate school. And I just remember, you know, when I was looking for a job, I was like, man, well, I, I really like social media. Social media is picking up. I'm good at that. Or I can also go into education or I can I can still go to law school or I can I can do all these different things that were interests of mine. And I just remember so many individuals just saying, like, you know, focus on one thing, do that one thing well and just so on and so forth. And I would tell my 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 21 year old self 10 years ago to make sure that you just 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 die empty, use all the gifts 
and the talents that you have. Don't you don't have to do it at the same time, but just use them and just be okay with letting the world see that talent and, and that gift and that shine. You don't have to be necessarily in this box that people are in you, trying to put you in. Break out the limits as far as your creativity. Break out the limits as far as your future goals. And I would tell him to definitely save more money because um, I was just young and reckless and just blowing money fast. And uh, yeah, 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 that would be what I'll tell my younger self. <laughs> also, 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 the last question on before we get to the to to I have a, a one more question on the future thing. Do you or not? Do you? But what is the what was the most difficult part of your journey thus far that you learned the most about yourself and grew from? Man, 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 man. I think the, I think the most difficult part about my journey, um, when just, you know, speaking and plant-based brother and, and being an education consultant, um, was just not believing not believing that I was like good enough to do it. I'm pretty, I consider myself to be pretty confident, a pretty confident individual, but sometimes, you know, like things are triggered in, in our mind and, you know, the, the enemy comes in and is like, man, you know, you, you're really not that good. You're, you're not that hot. And I was like, man, I, I, I really, cause I'm, I'm just looking back over my life. I wasn't the best. I was in the band. I wasn't sexually or anything, you know, um, I haven't been the best at pretty much anything in my life. I was like, oh, okay, I was cool. I was, I was just okay. But the thing is that there, there were some things that made me shine, shine bright. So I think that not listening to that, the lies of the enemy, man, not listening to that negativity and that voice in the back of your mind, like, oh, you know, you, you shouldn't do this or you should prolong it or wait. You know, I, I dealt with, and I'm still dealing with like the, you know, struggling with rejection, you know, based off, you know, being in elementary school and becoming from a single parent household and, and things of that sort. So I didn't want to be rejected in, in speaking or with plant-based brother or starting my company. So I waited so long to do so many different things instead of just making the decision to just do it, just go, just do it. You know, I was just always playing it kind of safe. And, and that's what I just learned. It's like, bro, you can't play it safe. You can't just wait for this perfect moment. You kind of just have to shoot your shot. And if you fall, you know, just, just know that God will be there to pick you up or it's probably not the right time. But that's what I really learned about myself is I can't listen to that, that, that negative voice, those, those thoughts, the thoughts that told me like, oh, you know, you're just going to get rejected anyway. Or, you know, there are people that's better than you doing it. It's like those voices are liars. Um, and I have to believe in myself, but I also have to put in the work, put in the work after making that decision really changed the trajectory of my life. So that's what I really, really learned, man. You know, despite the rejection, um, that I've, that I've encountered growing up, despite, you know, not feeling like I was good enough, despite not feeling like I was ready. I learned it's like, Hey, you know, life is going to pass you by if you do not take action right now. And that's been something that really, you know, since moving to Houston and, you know, even when I first moved to Houston, I had those same exact thoughts, but, you know, coming into my own and realizing like, bro, shoot your shot, just do it, get out there, put yourself out there, network. Um, you just never know who is looking for what you have. And there are people that are looking to trans, you know, to, to have a speaker come and empower their youth or to transition to a plant-based lifestyle. It's somebody out there looking for me. 
they're looking for you, whoever's listening also. They're looking for us. So we got to put ourselves out there and be okay with not just being perfect or having it perfect or thinking that, you know, you're going to have this perfect fairy tale. Some of us might, but most of us won't. So when I realized that, yo, my life changed and it transformed and I'm able to walk in like this newness of, yo, man, I'm, I'm actually pretty lit. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm not lit because of anything that I've done, but because I'm, I'm shining through the, the light of, of the Lord, man. And um, he makes ways for me, man. And just the since I made that decision, the amount of divine appointments that I have, I mean, we'll be here another hour talking about to, talking about those things and people that I've met um, just by putting myself out there, letting people know who I am, what it is that I do. And man, it's, it's just taking off, man. So that's what I would tell um, anybody who is in the same struggle bus as me, you know, to definitely just, just start, get out there. You're looking for a sign. You don't, you aren't listening to this podcast by accident. This was, this is your sign. Just do it. I was in the same boat and uh, we, we, we in this to get us. We in this together. We all we got pretty much. Man. Ooh, that's a word, man. And when you were saying, when you were talking and I'm, uh, I'm about to drop a little, a little something, man. And, uh, please do, man. I, I side note, I was going to get realer in 2019, but the song that's been in my head is Let It Fly. Like, I, I love that song. Travis Scott, Let It Fly. And then Lil Wayne snaps on that. Shout out to Lil Wayne, man. Lil Wayne haters, man. Don't, don't, I was, I was going to say stay off the podcast. No, stay on the podcast. But, <laughs> like, but, uh, and you know, for anybody that follows football, majority of people know o, 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 OBJ, Odell Beckham Jr., man. He's, he's a talented wide receiver in New York. And he's frustrated right now. He's frustrated, frustrated, frustrated. New York Giants are one in five. So my New York Giants fans, shame on y'all because y'all sticking with Eli Manning. So Eli <laughs> Manning is back there stinking it up. And the coach, and I remember I was, I was watching Sports Center and I'm going somewhere with this. I was watching Sports Center and the coach was yelling and it, they, they looked at his mouth. He was like, yo, throw the ball. Like, throw the ball, dude. And Eli has this tendency for some reason. They have. One of the best, if not the best, and I'm an AB fan. Antonio Brown's the best wide receiver in the league, but some may say Odell yeah. Beckham is the best wide receiver in the league. He's paid like one five year, ninety five mil, sixty mil, get sixty five million guaranteed, 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 right? Yeah. But what does Eli Manning do? He keeps checking down the ball. He keeps checking down the ball. And what's the check now for my people that's not in football? Check down is five yard and slant routes, two yard, two yard completions, and he's not throwing the ball. And the only problem is you have one of the best receivers in the league, but you're not even giving him a chance. What you're doing, you're checking it down or you're getting sacked. And what's happened? You're getting sacked and you're losing the game. And now you're one in five. You're not going to make the playoff. You are losing because what? And you said it yourself. You are not letting it fly. So the, so the, so the analogy is there's so many of us right now, we keep looking for the check downs. We got, we got our dreams. We got our goals. We got what we're looking for. We got our OBJ right here. All you got to do is let it fly. And every time, in every pass, you're not going to catch. But you got to keep shaking them shots. But no, what we keep doing, we keep holding the ball, holding on to our dreams, holding on to our goals, holding on to all this stuff. This hate, bad relationships, bad ideas, toxic ways of thinking. We holding on and we getting sacked and we wondering why we're not winning. No. No, you got to let it go. Let it go. Let that thing fly. Cancel the checkdowns. Cancel the checkdowns and do what my boy the job did and say, no, I got way too much talent. I know in my head right now, I ain't never been the best at anything. But what I can be the best is being in that Zob because there's only one Zob. And honestly, actually, there might be like four Zob because I don't know. You might have another twin out there. You got a lot of time <laughs> going on. But you're a phenomenon in itself. 
And now I see it and, and it's being manifested in the things that are happening in your life and the things that's going to continue to happen with the Hanfield group, with the plant-based brother, because you you letting it fly now. So I just challenge y'all and I want to piggyback on what he said. And I hate to word you the word piggyback, but I just have to jump on what he just said that y'all got to let it fly. That's the title of this podcast. Y'all got to let that thing fly. No let more check downs. No more, no more check downs this season as we enter into 2019, because there's some things that's been on your plate that you should have been a... And it's, 20, it's 2018, you've been looking at this 2015, 2014, 2013, 2012, 2011, and you still waiting? Nah, we passed that. We off that, man. So as we transition, because we on a, we, we, we on fire right now, man, when it's all said and done, hate to slow it down. How do you want to be remembered? Oh, man, I would like to be remembered as someone that has integrity, um, someone that treated individuals with respect. Um, a plant-based influencer, you know, as far as our, our millennial um, community is concerned, someone that just, man, because they knew me, their life was better. When I, last year, I had a revelation. I was like, you know, I'm getting speaking engagements and I'm doing all these things. And I was like, one of my core values is actually value. You know, yeah, you pay me, it's cool, whatever the case may be. But like, I want you to see, you know, from our conversation or, or from my experiences or, or my portfolio, I want you to see that Zav has value. You know, he has these experiences. He's, he's done this research. He's lived these different things that he can speak on. That. I was like, you know, I want you to see my value before anything else. So I want people to, to be, remember me as someone that had integrity, that was valuable, that operated in excellence and, and, and just, you know, a young black man that, that loved Jesus, man, and that tried to, his best to represent him and, and lead more people to him. That's it. That's it. You know what I mean? My, I was created to give God glory and I'm, I'm definitely trying to give him glory in, you know, plant-based brother and empowering my, my youth and young adults. I don't even have to mention God, but being a light, listen, being a listening ear and, and just showing them like, yo, man, this is sharing my own experiences and, and letting them know like, yo, man, you can make it out and giving that encouragement, which they don't often have. That's what I want to be remembered for because you knew me, your life was better. Your life was enhanced. Your life had, had value as well. You were exposed to different things just because you knew me. That's how I would like to be remembered. Mm, mm, mm. Let it breathe. Let it breathe. So as we come to an end, we got the culture change route. That's a series of five rapid fire questions, which I know you've heard countless times before. And now it's your yes, turn sir. to give your five rapid fire answers, man. You ready? I'm ready. Let's get it. <laughs> What's the best piece of advice that you have never received? The best piece of advice that I've never received is to <laughs> the best piece of advice that I've never received is to um, make sure that you are changing your perspective in everything. That's something I had to learn um, actually fairly recent. Man, that's hard. Uh, yeah, sh- showcase yeah. that. Showcase that experience real quick because I always try to bring people where you at. Like, what 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 experience did you just have to change your perspective on? If you mind sharing? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, I was home in Miami and I could not and i was going back to houston and i could not find my keys man and i had a great trip being home and i was i couldn't find my keys i was like man if i can't find my keys i gotta get another car key made that's gonna be a a, a tax you know i have to get some some i have these like electronic keys from my apartment that's like 250 then you added like key fobs and then it just get it get it get ugly it gets ugly and expensive, bro. And this was like, this literally happened a couple of days ago. Um, and then I, 
I was just like, man, I, I could have been really negative. Like, man, like, what was me? This sucks. Why does this have to happen to me? Man. But I changed my perspective, man. I was like, you know what? Those keys are going to come up. I, I literally changed my mindset. I was I was upset. I was frustrated. I turned both my bags, my checked in bag, my, my, my backpack. I turned them out. I couldn't find them. I was like, okay, cool. And I just had this peace come over me. I was like, man, let me change my perspective. And I was like, I will find my keys. I won't be paying that, you know, 350, whatever for all of my keys that are missing. That's not going to happen. And I, I, I get on the plane. I, I, I said a prayer. I text a couple of friends like, yo, pray for me. I get off the flight and then I get to my friend picks me up, get to my car. I'm still like encouraged. I'm like, man, I'm going to find these keys. I'm not going to have to pay this. And why all along it was in my, in my jacket pocket. It was in my jacket pocket. Wow. And I was just, I was just so thankful that I had prayer wars praying for me one, but two that I changed my perspective because I would have been mad. I would have been frowning. I would have been upset, you know, unapproachable in the airport, all that stuff because of something, you know, not wanting to spend 300, $400 on all of my keys that are missing when it was right me at the right on me at the exact moment that I was, that I was looking for them. So I changed my perspective, man. I was able to go into that flight with peace, bro. It was, and I found them. So Change your perspective, man. I would tell anybody that when you change your perspective to, you know, man, why does this have to happen to me? Like, man, what can I learn from this? How can I grow from this? I'm going to find whatever it is I'm looking for. Um, your life can change and, and just be blessed, bro. Blessed. Man, say less, say less. If you could add one habit and take away one habit, what would they be? Ooh, if I can add one habit, um, I would definitely say um, just... <laughs> I would definitely say um, ride my bike more. Um, I have this bike, um, and it's a, a very nice bike, but I'd rather go outside. I'd rather walk and, and do stuff like that, um, but I would ride my bike more because I know the benefits of riding your bike. Um, so I would definitely add that habit because I haven't ridden my bike, and I'm not even going to tell you how long. And if I could take away one habit, um, it would be you know naps. I'm a, I'm a chronic avid napper. Like I like to take naps frequently um, because I get work done at night. That's that's kind of like when I when I get my zhuzh. So I, I would take away that habit of taking naps because I know the benefits of going to bed and not being a night owl. I would definitely take away that that habit. Mm. What is your favorite book or movie and why? Dun dun dun! Oh, my favorite book or movie. Um. Man, this is going to sound really random, but like The Life of Pi. I don't know if you saw that movie, but... <laughs> is that uh, the one with the tiger in the boat? Yeah, yeah, the, the one with the tiger. I remember I saw that a couple of years ago, and, and where I was in my life, I was just like, man, you know, this homeless kid, um, and he he just... Man, he made he turned like a negative situation into a positive man, and um, The Life of Pi is, is one of my... You know, I tell anybody to see it because, man, <laughs> it, it, it just... It, it it parallels a lot of stuff that was that I was dealing with um, as far as, you know, just just being enamored with like the Indian culture and um, just tragedy happened. I didn't have the tragedy that the dude um, in the movie had. But when tragedy happens, man, how you going? How you going to turn lemon lemons into lemonade? That's that's just that, that's the first movie that came to my mind. I love that movie because that's kind of like what he did, man. Um, and just. Yeah, the life of Pi, bro. It's super random, um, but I, I really like that movie, man. <laughs> what is your biggest fear? 
man, my biggest fear is um, going back to what we talked about earlier, legacy, man. I, I don't have a family as of yet, but, you know, I have, um, you know, nieces and, and nephews and, and little cousins that look up to me. So just not walking in my purpose, man, not not being not creating opportunities so that they don't have to um, go through what I went through. You know, that is that is a fear. I don't I don't want them to go. They have to go through their own things as we all do. But I, I want to help them um, just show them like, yo, man, you can be um, a change agent. You can be an author. You can be a speaker. You can be a chef. You can do all those things and just not living up to my fullest potential for them. Man, I, you know, I think about that. I meditate on that daily, man. How can I change my life in order to impact that that next generation that will see me as a as a as a source or as a guide to anything great or excellence or you know on the opposite end of the spectrum. So yeah. Mm. And the last question before we ask the last <laughs> the last question for us the last question of the culture change round, man. If you were the president of the United States, what is the first thing you would do? Oh, if I was president of the United States, man, I would. Um, Man, I would I would make our our foreign individuals feel um, feel feel safe, man. Feel safe and and not send them back. I say that because I I have people very close to me that come from places like Haiti and and they you know are dealing with possibly being deported because of just everything that was dismangled in this current system that we're in. Um, and I, I live in Texas, and there are a lot of um, foreign individuals here that contribute so much to my daily life and to how I move and how I navigate. And I would definitely, you know, just make sure that they're, they're good. The individuals that are over here that are trying to become citizens, the ones that, yeah, man, that's, that's very, that's near and dear to my heart, man. That's the first thing I would do. Make sure that they can feel safe um, and they can be able to be productive citizens of this United States because most of our ancestors came here. Uh, pause. Our ancestors we're forced here, but <laughs> other cultures, um, they came here looking for a better life uh, for the quote unquote American dream. Um, and I think that, you know, those foreign individuals, the ones that, um, that that are really trying to do some great things out here and just create a better life for themselves and their own legacy, they're able to stay, man, and just just make some great things happen. That's what I would do. The first thing. Mm, 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 mm. That's real, man. That is certainly real. So as we conclude, man, everybody that ever comes on this podcast that I don't know what episode is going to go out, but probably uh, probably around 100 or so people that's been on this podcast, every single one and those that are listening, I call them culture change agents and they're all right. And this 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 question is regards to this. If you could change one thing about society, most specifically our African-American culture, what would it be and why? Man. I could change one thing about society. I would definitely change um, the opportunities to have resources um, and equity. I am very passionate about equity. And I say that because as someone who, you know, who had the opportunity to go to a quote unquote good school, I was able to be exposed and get knowledge on so many different things that things that some of my peers um, and friends weren't able to be exposed to. So I would change the fact that our community does not have a lot of resources 
um, or they have to go through the ringer and there's so much red tape in order for them to get to it. I would change that so that they can't be exposed, man, because when you are exposed and when you get knowledge of different things, the trajectory of your life um, can, can just change immensely. I'm talking about from travel to entrepreneurship, to learning about money, um, to building community and sustaining community and just knowing their value and worth. When you're exposed to just your history and, and things that maybe your your other counterparts of other races are exposed to, you you can you can have a different life. You can live a different life. Um, so that's what I would change about our community, man, the, the resource and just being exposed to, to various things to make them um, holistic. Again, the, that word holistic, a holistic individuals that is a, a person of the world that is that is educated, that is knowledgeable um, and that is just, you know, creative as heck. Mm. Man, it's been a phenomenal podcast brother like I, I really mean that man i think we we touched the surface on a lot of different things dabbed and dived and and did all the thing we had i had a great time man so i just want to say uh too, bef- before we begin before we end man uh thank you for for giving us well over an hour of your time man to share your journey to share your ups your downs um and and share with us more about the plant-based lifestyle uh, edu- educational consultant and and honestly, share the word too, man. So I, I definitely, 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 man, is, I appreciate you um, giving us your time. Man, it was an absolute pleasure. I've been listening for a couple of years now. So to be a guest is like, man, I, I, man, I let the guru bring you <laughs> oh, in, man, cu- interview <laughs> me. Let's get it, man. I, I've arrived. I have arrived. Oh, there you go, man. Like I said, I appreciate you and every audience members. Everyone is here now, but most importantly, those that were here back in back in the early ages, man. Back in the early ages, and they still riding through everything. So, as before, we close. Before we we jump off, how can people keep in touch with you and find more about what you're doing? Absolutely, man. So I am on um, Instagram. You can follow me at the Plant Based Brother with an A. I'm also on Instagram. That's my plant-based brother page. My my speaking and personal page is at Kalmizov. So that's K-A-L-L-M-E-X-A-V. Um, I'm on LinkedIn. I'm very active on LinkedIn. You can follow me there. Um, I'm Hanfield, H-A-N-D-F-I-E-L-D. And then you can find Plant-Based Brother on YouTube. Subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. You can find Plant-Based Brother on Facebook. Um, and you can just stay in touch with me via email as well. Um, the plant based brother at gmail.com or my personal email address is xhandfield at callmezov.com. So, I mean, I would love to stay in contact with you guys, meet you guys, come and speak. Um, I love for you guys to get the ebook, all that fun stuff. It's, it's going down. Yeah. Yes, sir. Everybody got information. It will be in the show notes. So, my name is Trailblazer Nation. Make sure you show the man some love. Show this podcast some love and keep doing the dang thing. And y'all already know I got two things before we close. Before we close, one, I make I need you to rate this podcast five star and share with a friend. Do not withhold all this goodness. And two, make sure you changing the freaking culture. Good night. <laughs>